We are so glad to see all of you here today. We have a special event. Anybody got Holy, Holy Spirit goosebumps today? Woo! God, God is in the house. God is ready to do great and mighty things. Because he's God and he likes to do that. Amen? He likes to come in and disrupt everything and say, you know what? I'm going to bring my spirit into your situation. I'm so glad that he does. And I see, I can feel you reaching out to the Lord as Kelly was leading us in that and believing God and wanting God to move in our behalf. So we're so grateful that you're here today. And uh, I want to introduce, I'm going to not take a lot of time, I want to introduce Apostle Al to you all. And uh, I've been blessed with his acquaintance because he is a, a man of God. He's an apostle. People say, well, what's an apostle? Well, it's more than an epistle. It, it's, uh, that was a joke, but I don't, <laughs> no. <laughs> Help him, all right. <laughs> an apostle is someone that oversees churches, spiritually oversees them, watches over them, even establishes them, starts them. And so he spiritually oversees us, and, but administratively we're under the New Heart Foursquare denomination, but I look to him for spiritual help and anointing and, and uh, encouragement. He, he is, uh, he, uh, just a quick little introduction, he was a bubble boy. Who wants to be a bubble boy? Anybody want to be a bubble You know where you have, germs can't get to you, so you have to have plastic around you and you have to be insulated from any, any outside uh, influence germs, but got healed over the TV through Oral Roberts and his parents laying hands on him. Hallelujah! Woo! But then God, Jesus appeared to him and said, you know what, I'm going to have you to go to the nations and be like a doctor and heal others without having to go to doctor school or medical school. I'm going to put healing in your hands and healing, you know, on you so that you can give it to others. And he's been doing it ever since. And so praise be to God. I visited with him uh, uh, in the Bahamas. You know, I had a choice between going with him to the Bahamas and Nicaragua. And somehow the Lord, you know, impressed upon me to go to the Bahamas. I don't know why that, if you had a choice, you know. Lord, I'll sign, I'll sign up for the luxury ex 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 excursion. <laughs> But anyway, we had a beautiful time. But you know what? The Lord works in the Bahamas. He works in Nicaragua, and he works in West Covina. So let's welcome Apostle Al. Oh, come on. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. He deserves all the praise. Amen. I'm, can we move this this way? Hallelujah. I, I want to share something with you. First, I want to thank the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me to be in this place. If it weren't for Jesus, where would you be today? I worship you, Almighty God. I give you all of me. I worship you. I give you all of me. Yes. I give you all of me. I give you my mind. 
I'll give you my eyes, my ears, Lord, I give you my mouth, my heart, my hands, my feet, Lord, I give you all of me. I give you all of me. Yeah, yeah. When I said to him, I will come with an open heart and do what you will. I worship you in spirit and in truth yeah, yeah. in spirit yeah, yeah. in spirit and in truth yeah. give God something. Come on and give God something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of times I just love to, to give God his, his worship, you know. The, the, the difference between a service without true worship and a service with heartfelt worship, there's a transition when every place that is with worship, heartfelt, it turns from a service to presence. I don't want a service today. I want, I want his presence. I, I want to see miracles. I want to see. I want to see transformation. I want to see. I want to see where God is preeminent in everything that happens today. I want to see what the Lord has spoke to me. He says, "When two or more gather together in my name," He says, "I am in the midst of thee." So I say to you, today we have a potential. Right now, inside of you. You could have a right now stir up the gift that's within you. You don't need nobody to stir up the gift that God has already given you. For that possibility can change a life. Cancer can leave right now when you stir up the gift that's within you. Come on and give God something. Hallelujah. Come on, give God something. Hallelujah. I have so much to share, but I want to. Maybe from those that do know me and others that don't, um, your, your pastor is so precious, and I just thank God that I can be, as it were, a spiritual father to him. And, and know that uh, it's the most amazing. The last year, I've had so many churches come under my mantle. Do you hear what I just said? And what does it mean to have a mantle come over you? It's exactly what God speaks in all the Bible about having a mantle cover you. When you do what you want to do because you think God has called you without a mantle, you are walking naked without any weaponry. You have no protection. Come on, people. For the Lord tells us, as we even read about Elijah and Elisha, he says, 
Just before you go, say that, before you go. Come on, I want to hear it. Before you go. He says, before you go, all I want is a double portion. All I want is a double portion. No, I don't want, watch this, I don't want what you got. I want a double portion of what you have. In other words, he wanted more. He said, you know what? I want to do what you've done, but I want to do more. And so when your pastor asked and we, we, we collaborated and we talked and, and, and how many know that it's not something you do because you know somebody. You have to do it when you're called to do it and are drawn to do it by the spirit. And so with that, I'll tell you, we have over, I believe around 35 to 40 churches in Nicaragua that just come under. Why? When they start seeing legs grow, blind see, deaf hear, and the service changes from a service to presence, what happens? When they start taking pictures and they see angels, they start seeing glory within the pictures, what happens? They want to come under and get a double portion. Amen? We have churches right now in Louisiana, in, in uh, 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 Africa, uh, in uh, Grand Bahamas, uh, many, many other places. And I just thank God that he has given me the ability to be able, not to handle, but be able to be, to be humble with it. Because greater, greater is my God, not I. And so I just thank you all. And even as your pastor was sharing about how I was a bubble bull, I was. I was uh, from six months old to six years old. I was uh, uh, likened to a, a, a little boy in a, in a plastic bubble. Uh, most things you can eat today, I could not. Uh, very little things I could eat, so I was scrawny and skinny. Uh, and, uh, and most things that were airborne would get me so ill. Now, what was my ailment? It was such an allergic reaction to most foods. And, and I'm talking, if I had a banana and I licked the banana, within 15 minutes, I would be rushed to the hospital. If I were to even drink cold water, come on, people, I would start to have, watch this, bronchitis. It'd be a cold bronchitis, uh, asthma, double um, pneumonia, double pneumonia within maybe a half hour. This goes on for six years. And I was in iron lung tanks, and people, they were trying to, 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 to keep me alive these six years. People, let me share this with you. Why did... God allow. Say, why did God? Now I want you to turn to somebody that says, why would God? Wow. Why would God allow a young boy of six months old to start fighting for life, fighting for breath? See, God didn't, didn't make it happen, but he what allowed it to happen because purpose was going to prevail. Remember, there's prerequisites to the greatness that's in you. What's inside of you right now must be calibrated by experience so that maturity will take its place greater than your flesh. Somebody says, oh, you, you, apostle speaking now. Sometimes, precious saints, the things you've gone through, you have thwarted your maturity because of your complaint of not going through it. I know what I'm talking about. So after six years trying to, to fight, my parents who were raised, we were raised Catholic, saw Dr. Oral Roberts on television. He says, if there be someone 
who might be infirmed in your home. Some of you remember that. Then why don't you put your hand with my hand as a point of contact and believe with me in the power of agreement. They didn't know what they were doing. They just heard this man say that there might be a breakthrough. So they laid me at six years old on their lap and they prayed with it, put their hand there, and they saw, they felt nothing. Say nothing. So they looked at me and they said, okay, you can, you know, they carried me back to bed. Every week I was always in the hospital, one, two, three days a week, every week to stay alive. But two weeks passed and they didn't realize I didn't go to the doctor. Then I had a schedule appointment, and as I went there with my mom, they checked me out, the x-ray, they, the, the same routine. I knew them all, General Hospital in, in Los Angeles. I knew it. I knew them all. And my doctor's name was Dr. Settermile. I still remember that. I'm 63, and I was only, what, six years old. I remember. And so he x-rayed me, measured me, all the same things, and he would check this and check that. And then he came out with me, and he says, let's go with your, let's go with your mother. So he goes, Mrs. Fornes, why would you do the joke like this? She goes, what are you talking about? This is not your son. So I said, no, but that's my mom. He goes, no, no, no. He might be your mother, but it's another, another son. Uh, do you have a brother? I have a brother. So he goes, no, 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 this is him. He goes, it can't be him. It cannot. X-rays don't lie. Come with me. And they saw in the x-ray room, those are years ago, x-ray room. And there was my x-ray of my chest weeks before and now. And all my bones went back together. They gave me all the, all they checked all my allergies. I had none. So what am I telling you, precious saints of God? God had a, a purpose in my life. That was at six years old. How many know I didn't know what, the, I didn't understand. I just, I thought that it was okay because I didn't know any better. Except for my peers who would laugh at me. And say words about, you know, name calling because I couldn't play football. Would you if you ran three steps and then you started to have the reaction? Would you? Or it'd be 75 degrees out and I still had a sweater on and button up to here. I was like a nerd to them. Well, maybe I was. I don't know. But so much as that. All their name calling, you're nothing but a sissy, or, or look at you, 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 you can't play tetherball, or you can't, and I would just say, I can't. No, you can't, huh? Things like this. Not only did God have to heal me physically, but he had to heal me emotionally. And at the age of eight years old, I'm standing in the blacktop of our school, Murchison Street School, and You went to, you went to Murchison? I was the, I was a school president. That's all I got to say. But I went to Murchison Street School. Yes. 
Ah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, th thank God it wasn't high school. Mm. <laughs> well, anyway. That's so funny. So all of a sudden, I'm playing, it's already, I'm, I'm eight years old and I'm playing, and, and how many know that I was not a religious man? We loved God, we respected God, we went to church on Christmas and, 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 and you know, Resurrection Day, and, and sometimes in funerals, maybe if I did, and I kind of don't want to go, and weddings. Was anyone like that ever before? And so, I st the bell rang. We had to hurry and rush into our, our, our after recess, rush in there because if you, uh, the second bell rang, you get a tardy slip. So everyone's running, and I just stood there, and I'm telling you, my feet would not leave the tar. I, I, I couldn't move, and I would look around like, help me. And I would look around, and they all just passed me, and I'm like this, and I'm God. I couldn't move, and I, all I could do was look up. And when I looked up in this blue sky, these words came out of my mouth. For I was born with purpose. There will be no one or anything that will hurt me or stop me. Right when I said that, I felt this, and I just, and I ran in, and I sat there and thought, what was that? Remember, precious saints of God, even as it speaks, and I believe it's in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, that God has predestined you. Deep inside of you already is there something that's brewing for your tomorrow. There's something you did 15 years ago that seeded for your today. There's someone you knew then for today. So at eight years old, I spoke those words and I began to sing. I would sing anything and everything. If I wanted cornflakes in the morning, I would sing it to my mother. It's the truth. Because already inside of me, they shut up, was already my tomorrow. Already was purpose beginning to prevail, but it needed a prerequisite. It needed experience. It needed to have, come on, it needed to have it be honed. Be, I'd be in the back seat and we're driving there to San Fernando to get some chicken. You know, that's what we did. You better, you better stop laughing at me. <laughs> and so, I'd be in the back seat with my, my at the now my sister, my brother, my sister being ten and a half months older than I. Uh, my parents didn't have that many TVs, and and because she's only ten and a half months, almost eleven. Could you imagine? So we're like, 
a, a, a whole month we're the same age, and my brother seven years my junior. So we're in the back seat, and I'm about I don't know ten, eight years old, nine, and and I'm in the back, and I'm going, I see a dog wagging its tail, and he looking at me, and he loves me. I would. And I see there's a store, and a man is trying to push the other man. Oh, woe is he. <laughs> and I see a billboard, and I see they're talking about what I want to eat. And after about an hour, my dad would go, Al, can you shut up? Yes, Dad, I can't. It took but a minute. No, he said, can you stop singing? Yes, Dad. My sister was going, he said, stop singing. And I'm humming. It was all in me. I just could not stop singing. I would go, and, and, and I want to share this here. I'm just giving you a little bit because of what's going to happen. But it's because of this. You never know what God allows you to go through so that you will not have an emotion of it, but you will have a compassion for it. Because God moves not through emotion, God moves through compassion. So what you have to go through is so that you can have compassion for someone else that's going through it. Somebody say amen. And so, come on, give God praise. So all of a sudden, precious saints of God, when I'm going to school not knowing that I was acing everything, and I never studied. When I was in Murchison Street School, I had the highest A's in all of the school at all times. Now, it wasn't that I was so brain and genius, but the genius was in me. I would look at people and I would go like this. Hey, Tommy, your mama's going to be fine. What are you talking about? I don't know, but... You, I don't know, but your mama's stomach's going to be fine. When you go home, she's going to be fine. How do you know about my mama? I don't know. The gift was already in. I wasn't born again. And I didn't know Jesus is my Lord and Savior but he knew me. So to tell you, precious, all of a sudden, throughout my life, I began to sing. And, and, and my dad and I, my dad was jealous and envious of what I'd become. My dad is a professional musician went to school and has had all the schooling that you know the methodology and the theory of and 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 I have not but I've sang with the best of them 
I have. I've tried out for Broadway Carousel, Broadway show, and I got starring role at 18. Isaac Hayes, at those days, Isaac Hayes wanted to take me in as a protege. Feliciano, I was doing one lounge, Feliciano on another lounge. I'm telling what God can do. And Frank Sinatra Jr. came to hear me, front row seat. You see, when God gives a gift, he gives a good gift, a perfect gift. And a, watch this, and a gift compared to none. Come on, say to none. Turn to someone and says, God has gifted me. I want you to know, precious, that there's not one person in this. There's so many people right now where their eyes are watering. Because what I'm speaking is coming, is, is, Asia is touching home right now. So at the age of 14, I'm vacuuming my parents' home. And I'm singing. And, I, I, you know, I, I would sing and I would play the guitar just in my bedroom because my dad would not talk to me. I'd walk in. My sister would walk in and she, she goes, hi, dad. Hi, princess. Then my brother would come in. Hi, daddy. Hi, Mr. Chief. Hey, dad. Oh, he didn't hear me. He'd look at me and not say a word. This would go on many times for two weeks straight. But I would go in my room and get a guitar that I didn't know how to play and strum it, and i start singing. But how many know through that pain, compassion came in? And I began to, God began to hone my gift, his gift in me. So all of a sudden... I'm vacuuming my parents' home at the age of 14 years old. And how many know that those days the vacuums were really kind of... <laughs> how do they go? What's the sound? Let me hear. No, oh, come on, let me hear it. Like that. And so, as I'm vacuuming my parents' home, we were raised very strictly, and I had a lot of chores and stuff. So I'm vacuuming my parents' home after, and all of a sudden I hear the Lord speak to me. Audibly right here, and he says, my son, for I have elected you to go throughout the world, and through you I will heal my people. You will be like a doctor, and you will not go to school for it. For power shall I give upon your hands. And I said, Okay. I said to my mom, Ma, she was having a breakfast, go, Ma, I want you to know something, Ma. I don't know why that I'm different. I, don't, I just feel different, and I don't know why, Mom. There's like purpose in me. And she would just go, yes. See, spiritual things to non-spiritual people is nothing more than foolishness. I said, Mom, I don't know what it is, Ma. And she goes, oh, son. But Ma, you know what? I want to be a doctor. I think that's going to be wonderful. But, but, but I don't want to just be a doctor, Ma. I want to travel the world and heal a lot of people all over the world. That is going to be beautiful. And, and Ma, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I'm going to go to school for it either. And she said, get back to work. Get back to work. 
So I said, okay. But how many know that God in you, some of you don't even know that God has spoken to you in your sleep. You don't even know that there is a banner, there is a, there is a poster that God spoke through that you don't even know that it's going to come to pass. You don't know that you might, some of you call it a, 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 a deja vu. It's no deja vu. God has already spoken to you, and these are things that you saw before time. Say before time. As you know it. So now... I go through college, and I went to, to uh, Calif- uh, 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 many colleges uh, uh, around the area, Cerritos, Rio Hondo, and, and Fullerton State University. I did all that. And I was in uh, the singing. I did all that, thinking, I am going to be a star. <laughs> Could you imagine? And I was going to California State Christian University. I mean, I also went to California State Christian University, where I see my doctorates, but... but that was later on, but in Fullerton, the same time uh, uh, Kevin Cosner was at uh, California State, so was I. We were like this. No, we weren't. <laughs> but we could have been. <laughs> but I was going there too. Now, all that to tell you that I was going to college, I was on, all the, uh, on their plays and their dramas, and I was doing, how many know, you, when you know God's giving you a gift, you think the gift starts making room for itself. Amen. But how many know that even when I got starring role of Broadway show at 18, first try ever, got three standing ovations for the song that I sang a cappella. When they called me two weeks later, says, you, you made it. And I said, I did? What did I get? I thought it was going to be the tree or something. You know what I mean? I thought <laughs> the background, because I've never done this before, you know? What part did I get? They laughed. You don't know? I said, no. I mean, maybe I'll be part of the carousel, you know, in the pony. I don't know. He says, you got, you got starring role. You can only get 30 points for acting 10, dancing 10, singing 10. And I said, oh. So what did I get? You got, you got 29. I never went to a dancing class. I knew how to do this. You know, I, I knew that. <laughs> and even when they asked me, okay, here's your script. Let me hear you. So I just saw TV a lot. How many know what I'm talking about? You know. So I went like this. Tell me. Where am I coming from? What is my heart in this? (laughs) Am I in the country? Where where is this man? He says, this man right now is going to read his part. Now read it. Well, I thought that's how you do it because I saw movies. You know, they say, where am I coming from? You know, what's the theme of this? Well, I got 29 and, and starring role. I go home and I said, Dad, I got starring role. Broadway show, New York. <laughs> and my dad says, when is it? It's going to be in two weeks. It starts. Two weeks. Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to Mexico. I said, you are? No, we are. (laughs) Remember, I'm 18. We are? He goes, we want to see our roots. What roots? You were born here. I was born here. Mom was born here. What roots? So I just said, but I was raised in the city. When my dad said, no, it's what? No. No. So I just said, are you sure, Dad? He goes, yes. 
You call them up and tell them to release you from that part. So I went to the phone, called them and said, I'm sorry. I'm going to release myself from this, from this part. They said, sir, do you realize it takes people 20 years or more to ever touch the platform, the stage of Broadway? And you are so fresh and raw. It is a miracle that they loved you. I said, give it to my understudy at 18 years old. But God had a plan. God had a plan. In high school, I'm trying to show you something. In high school, I graduated at 16 and a half. In other words, leaving school because I had so many. I didn't take any electives. I only took, I didn't want basket weaving. I didn't want to, all I wanted was all the classes. Give me all the classes. So I always had classes, you know, just classes. So by 16, 16 and a half, I had had every class. Imagine, I didn't need anymore. I had so many, I could have loaned you some. You know, I, I had so many, right? So then when I go, they call me in two weeks before graduating, and they told my, Mr. Glover, who was the counselor at the time from Santa Fe High School, he says, sit down here. I want to talk to you. I said, oh, okay. And he said, I know we're graduating because I was already out and I was already working. I was already going to college. And he goes, I just want you to let you know something that, um, you know, you qualified for a four-year scholarship. I did? Yes. Four-year, fully paid. I did? He goes, you did? Watch this. Already, four schools have already granted you entrance. They did? And I'm thinking Long Beach. You know, Long Beach, Fullerton, um, UCLA. Come on. Harvard, Princeton, Yale, and there was a fourth one I cannot remember. And I looked, I said, you got to be kidding me. Wait till I tell my dad. <laughs> Woo! And then he says, oh, wait, wait, wait. I called you in here because we disqualified you. Disqualified me. Because when I came from Lincoln High and moved over to Santa Fe High, I was in, I just took, went into the eighth grade and they were trying to put me, and, I, I, and they picked me up to the last of the eighth grade. Uh, almost the ninth grade. So I skipped. I didn't know uh, at the time, uh, uh, I think it was trigonometry or something. I didn't know any of it. And I was already in the middle of something they had already learned. So my first semester was a D. The second semester, a D without knowing anything. After that, there were A's. The next semester was because I learned. But I said, you mean to tell me you couldn't turn that D to a C minus? He says, because you could never have gotten lower than a C. I said, Mr. Glover, you mean you couldn't have changed it? And they could have to a C minus. He says, no, we, we didn't do that. So we gave it to someone else. So I graduated without any honors. Because every honor was taken because I had the highest. Come on, people. God knows how to humble a man. I left my 63 Chevy lower with mag wheels in the parking lot. And I walked all the way home, weeping and crying. I didn't care who watched it. 
Slob, I didn't matter. <laughs> Friends would talk to me and I'd just go. Because I kept saying, my life is over. It's awful. But God knew that there had to be a prerequisite. That God knew that I couldn't do what the man wanted. Or that what the world would want from me. That I had to do everything because God wanted me to do a greater work. Somebody give God praise. Come on, you got to give God more than that. So I get married at, at 20, my wife at 18. Uh, we've been married now 42 years and uh, never separated. We have three boys, six grandchildren. Uh, I'm 63 years old, and I thank God that I've lost 70 pounds in six months. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, and so all that to tell you that at 33 years old, uh, I, I, I'm singing in lounges and singing, doing this, you know, doing all my thing, flying to do weddings all over the place. and uh, Amazing. But I knew that, that something was missing. I was with, I was with people like uh, in, the, in, the, in Hollywood, like Sonny and Cher, I'm in the penthouse with them, all this stuff. But none of it really excited me to the point. Something was missing. Well, at 33 years old, my grandmother who was passing, was like my God. She would tell me, she would say this in Spanish, and at the time I didn't speak Spanish. I knew a little bit, but I couldn't speak Spanish at all. But she would say like this, Mijo, no tiene que preocuparse porque sé de un Dios, mijo. You don't have to be preoccupied because I know a God, mijo. They say, I have a stomach cancer. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Go back. Tell them you don't. I'd go back. I said, my grandmother said I don't have any cancer. And she said that <laughs> my intestines are pretty in pink. That's what she would tell me. So they, do a, they retested me, and the, docs would, the doctors that didn't know I said that say, can you come in? I want you to see this. Look in the mirror. I said, I don't want to see inside of me. They said, let me show you something we've never seen. What's that? Look at the color of that. Uh, it was, look at the color. It's beautifully pink. Very clean intestines. Very healthy. And I said, I know a God. So I go back to my grandmother. Well, and she says, I know a, she had a, she had a powerful, she was a Seventh-day Adventist, powerfully gifted, powerfully gifted woman. I believe she spoke in tongues and didn't even know it. I'm telling you the truth because I would hear her, but she didn't know. She thought she was just crying. Well, when she's passing, I was dying. I'd go see her, and then I'd be at the Whittier Presbyterian where they'll say, my heart wants to fail. My, my organs were wanting. How many of you can, you can die of a broken heart? Yeah. And I was dying of a broken heart because she was my, like my, my mentor. She was like, I can't explain. Though I love my mother, and I'm very close with her today, but my point is she was just something. And she told me on her dying bed, she goes, you need to sing for Jesus. Mm -mm. Oh, no, I'm going to be a star. <laughs> she would look at me with tubes and everything. She, she would look at me and she goes, I am not going to die until you tell me you're going to sing for Jesus. So I'd go, okay, well, I don't want you to die. 
She goes, I won't, I'm going to leave, but I'm not leaving until I hear from you. So I said, okay, I'm going to sing for Jesus. That's all God wanted me to say. So when she passed away, at me being 33 years old, I came to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And that is when I had my two and a half hour experience with Jesus. He came to my house and stood with me for two and a half hours. And he said, my son, now is the time I'm going to separate you, sanctify you, and consecrate you. That you'll have the authority to be under my glory. So I don't walk in an anointing. I walk under God's glory. And at that time, years later, earlier I had told my mom, one day I want to meet Dr. Oral Roberts, the one that God used to heal me. I get a phone call. And they said, we want to speak with Apostle Alfornis. He goes, this is his wife. He's not here. Well, we wanted to invite him. Dr. Oral Roberts wants him in his house. I said, how does he know me? So my wife goes, okay, well, I'll let him know. So she calls me in my office, and I said, oh, you know, honey, I know that people like, you know, you go there, and, and you know, as a pastor throughout the world, and, and you got to give him an offering of some sort. And at the time, have you ever been in a place where you don't have no money in your pocket? Yeah. No one. Well, praise you, Jesus. <laughs> well, at the time, it was like, we had something, but I want to give him a check for $1,000. You know, come on. So I said, sweetie, we can't go. I'm not going to do that to this man. I'm not. So she called back and said, I'm sorry, but he's going to, he's, he says he's a, a bit busy. He's not going to be able to make it. Ten minutes later, they call again. No. He wants him there. We want him there. So she says, well, I'm sorry. The th ten minutes later, they call again. They said, and she says, okay, my husband's not here. I'm going to tell you the truth. We don't have any money, but he does, he's embarrassed to tell you. And I... You know wives. I just want you to know because I don't tell him I'm telling you this, but I'm just letting you know that we have no money. And so he wants to go, but he can't go because he doesn't have the money. He can't make a check. And we're not going to make a check with it. It's going to bounce. So they said, oh, no. No. You don't understand. He's not being invited as the pastor. It is a, it is a, it is a request from Dr. Oral Roberts as a guest. So I said, I said, okay. So I, I had a check for $300. I, I found $300, and I took that. I got ready. You, have you ever gone to the, take a shower? Like you walk in, you, you, know, you barely get any drop on you. Because I had to be there like within a 35 minutes. And I'm in Corona to, to Newport. Come on now. How am I going to do this? I said, Lord, if you want me there. Oh, I, I get like this when it comes to things. If you want me there. You're going to part the freeway. So I put on, you know, my pants and, the, you know, like this kind of look. And I said, okay, this is, this is good. And I get in the car. I'll tell you. I was <laughs> passing even, even uh, 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 cops. And that they didn't even, I'm like. <laughs> and they didn't see me. I just. I got there exactly at 30, in 35 minutes. There ain't no way. We parked there, and then when I get out, I, I'm like, uh. 
And, and, and the, all the, the, the other pastors, there's 11 other pastors and, and the executive people there. And they, they, they all just said, oh, Apostle Al. Oh, Apostle Al, it's wonderful to meet you. Oh, I've heard so much about you. I don't even know who these people were. And I'm going like, oh, it's nice meeting you. Oh, yeah. I go, oh, my God, it's so wonderful to be with you. I'm going, how many know God knows how to position? So I'm like this. So we get there. I'm going, oh, my God, I am in his house. Now, I don't act it. It's inside of me, you know. I'm like. <laughs> but inside, I'm going like. <laughs> so I, 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 we walk in like this, and there's, in his living room, right on the golf course, his living room is made to have like an amphitheater type of uh, 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 12 seats. And there's his seat, and one in the left and one to the right. The right one is right close to the, his. So then I go in the back row, and I sit. And I'm waiting, and the other pastors are coming in and sitting. And then the executive person who takes care of the administration of all goes, please, 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 pastor, come this way. And I said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I took someone's seat. So then he goes, come with me. You can sit right here. I said, oh, no, no, my name is, my name is Apostle Alfornis. I'm thinking maybe it's, they think I'm someone else. No, no, sit there. I'm sitting on the right side of Dr. O. Roberts. And so I said, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. <laughs> so everyone's sitting down. And I'm going to tell you, let's, let's, let's talk real. Not every pastor, five-fold minister rejoices for you. Sometime you get blessed and someone don't like your blessing. Because how come they don't get it first? That's because why they don't get it. Because they're not rejoicing for someone else's blessing. So I'm sitting there. So I'm sitting there. And I'm going, oh, my God. He comes as svelte and tall and thin, just elegant. And he walks in. I'm going, <gasps> Like I could see angels all around him. But he, he sits down, and his elbow's right next to my elbow, not touching. And I said, you got to be kidding me. So I go like this. When it comes to the Jesus stuff, I'm like a little boy. You can already tell. But God wants us to be like little children. Come on. So I put my, like, no, oh God, oh, sweet Jesus. So then he, then he goes, oh, for the first hour, I'd like for you to state your name. And if you have a question for me that I might be ans may be able to answer because of uh, my experience and da-di-da. So he asks, he comes to me, my son. I said, can you kind of like skip me and just go on? He goes, of course we can. So they're asking, now these are powerfully gifted facility mega churches from Canada and all over the world. Big, you know, big. And, and, and you, this is what I'm hearing, the questions. <laughs> Dr. Roll Roberts, how long do you think you have to pray until you get an answer? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Do you believe, Dr. Oral Roberts, that we still can come against demonic warfare? Or do you think that wasn't the... I was like, sweet Jesus. That's sad. So then it came to me, he goes, and he would answer, but very kindly, he says, well, you know, nicely. So then he tells me, what is your name? So I told him, my name is Apostle Al Fornis, and first I want to thank you for being obedient in your gift 
to pray through the, the ta television for me as a six-year-old to be healed of this. And he goes, my God. And I looked at him, and, and everyone's going like. <laughs> no, they were. They were, because he just looked at me like. And I go, but I want to thank you. He goes, what's your question, son? And he goes, I go, well, it's not really a question. It's a statement. God has changed my ministry. He has. He has. And my statement is hopefully to be qualified. And my statement is, I always to think I need to get a bigger church. I need to grow this. I need to grow that. But God has been speaking to me. And he's telling me that first I must keep my focus on Israel and Jerusalem. First I have to pray for Jerusalem for its peace. And I, I don't know, understand it, but my heart, my heart is being so zoned to Jerusalem. He said, did you all hear him? They said, yes. <laughs> well, God spoke the same words to me when I began my ministry. What he, God told him, God told me, this is a man of God. So at the end of our stay was three hours. The last hour, he said, I'm going to pray for everyone individually. And I was the number one, the first one there. So he goes, and he had a little bench near his legs. And I sat there and he looked at me and he goes, son, what would you have me to pray? And at the time I needed a building. I needed money. Come on. So I opened my mouth to say, Dr. Earl Roberts, my finances. And this is what came out of my mouth. I... I want my ministry to begin, open every door throughout the world, to have a miracle and healing ministry. In my mind, I said, shut up. I'm already doing that. I've been to the Amazons, Africa. I've been to all these places around the world. I've done all these nations. Why would I ask something I'm already doing? How many know God knows why? So I looked at him. He goes, is this what you asked? I said, I, I, now I couldn't say no because I asked it. So I said, Yes. So he puts his hands on my head right here. Right when he touched my head, he went, oh, oh. And everyone looked. And he goes, did you feel that? I said, I did. He goes, amen. I got up and I, I pouted. I went to the back of the room. No one could see me because I was be, almost behind a little arch. For all the time, this man's a powerful man of God, and I could have said about finances and a building, and yet I go over here. I'm telling you the truth. Why would I do that? And I was, I was mad at me. God, how did I, my mouth betray me? And God then spoke to me audibly. Son, no one invited you here. I did. You needed to be here for what I was going to do for you, which is for me. And I said, yeah, me make words like that? What a big baby, huh? <laughs> no, it really is. Like, So he says, you don't really know your tomorrow, but I do. And what I did through him, because your lives have been together from that point, when, he, when I healed you through him,
Now is the time, watch this, that I took the fire, not his anointing, not his mantle, not his ministry, but I took the fire that I placed from the altar of heaven upon his head, and I just placed it on yours. I transferred it on yours. And I went, you did? I said, thank you, Lord. Now, I couldn't tell people there, oh, by the way, you know, God, God just, you know, uh, his fire got on my fire. And so, like, that's what it's all about. As it is, they, they were all not happy with me. So I thought, wow, is that my mind thinking this? I heard him. Coming out, there was this powerful uh, black pastor, prophet. He says, uh, Apostle L, can I, can I speak with you alone? I said, yes. He goes, I want to share with you. I'm a seer. I can see things. When you were sitting there between the legs of Dr. Earl Roberts as he put his hands on you, you want to know what I saw? I saw a flame of fire that was on his head that jumped and was placed on your head. Five, five days later, five days later, he passed away. So God knew that I had to be there because he was going to take him home. Come on, people. Are you, are you enjoying this? Say, I, I'm receiving hope. God is enlightening me. My life is not my own. It's God's purpose is prevailing in me. So within that time, I had a young girl come to me and she says, Apostle, you've been traveling the world with miracles. Legs are growing, blind are seen, tumors are sliding off and falling. I mean, just the most ridiculous stuff. I said, it is. And he says, and Apostle, you just are so regular. You haven't changed your personality. I said, no, God never told me to change my personality. He's asked me to change my character. And so she says, well, please, my grandfather's dying three months Three weeks already, he's been in a coma. You remember. I think you remember. In a coma. And so I said, let's go. So by the time we got there, his grand, the grandfather was, let's just say, minutes of dying. Because it already accepted death. Do you all understand that? When you accept death, you know, your body starts to shut down. And so I went there and I looked at him and I said, man. So it was just her and I, and I started, I started uh, praying I, uh, everything I could. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against this, I come against that, I come against this. You know, from the top of her head to the soul, my blood, I did everything. 20 minutes, and all I could see, would open, I would open my eye like this to see this young girl, and she looked at me like this. Come on. <laughs> Pressure, you know. And I'd be, I was like, I am, Wait. So I kept on praying and kept on praying and kept on praying for 20 minutes. I'm telling you the truth, precious saints. You know, being in, being in Jesus is really fun. You know, and, and you, 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 it's, it's all, your, it's all your, 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 your mindset. So I was having a ball. So I was, and I said, okay, right now. So I kept on praying. And then God speaks to me. Audibly says, are you finished? I began to weep. I said, Father, if I came with my might, my power, if I came with pride, if I thought, oh, come on now, let, let, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to do. How embarrassing. And he says, no, my son, it wasn't that your heart wasn't right. Your heart is right. But I don't want to heal him that way. Say, not that way. Turn to someone, not that way. See, sometimes you're going to do what you think you have to do, but it won't be the way that God will want you to do it. 
Come on, people. That's why we can't do what someone else has done and the way they did it because it may not be your way. That might not be a God way. Because God told me, son, I said, but Lord, but your word says lay hands on the sick. And he tells me, shut up. He told me that, shut up. I said, but I don't understand. He says, did I not heal the blind with mud on the ground? I wanted to do it that way. I could have just said, open your eyes. Did I not have one dip seven times in, the, in a water that, was, that was back, had bacteria with open wounds? It would be absurd, but I wanted to do it that way. I said, okay, then what way do you want me to do it? And he says, sing to me. I said, there's a guard out there. And as I've been praying for this almost dead man, he looks and laughs at me. What if I start singing? He's going to call 911. So I said, okay, I'll sing. What do you want? I said, okay, what do you want me to sing? I was being kind of naughty. So what do you want me to sing? He says, sing something he would know. So I looked at him, and he looked very Spanishy, you know, very Latin-y. So I looked, and I said, I don't know any Spanish songs. He goes, yes, you do. No, I don't. I don't speak Spanish, and I don't know how to sing Spanish. I don't know any Christian Spanish songs. He says, yes, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. I'm fighting with him that knows all things, but I don't. All of a sudden, he goes, do you remember the day in Paris, Lake? There was a Latin Across the street, there were singers. I'm across the lake. I could barely, but I, how many know you just hear like a little nothing? I, and he goes, that I want you to sing. I'm going, I don't know it. <sighs> All of a sudden, I knew it. And the song goes like this. Can I have this higher, please? Just higher. Satura me, con tu espíritu. Satúrame, Señor, con tu espíritu. Y déjame sentir el fuego de tu amor aquí en mi corazón, Señor. Y déjame sentir el fuego de tu amor aquí en mi corazón, Señor. Señor, tu corazón. I want you, Lord. I need you, Lord, right now. I need you today. 
and forevermore. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord. Touch me. And the English, it goes like this. Saturate me, Lord, with your spirit. Saturate me, Lord, with your spirit. And let me feel the fire of your burning love down deep, down deep, my Lord. praise hallelujah as I continue to sing that song I felt a hand of the Lord touch the, the back of my head and when I opened my eyes the man that was minutes of dying was sitting up smiling and weeping and they released him out of the hospital because God wanted to do it his way give God praise come on people hallelujah Come on, people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, if you can all turn with me to John chapter 19, verse 30. I'm not going to take long on this because I believe your faith is there. But I want to share something with you that you need to know. When you have it, please say amen. John chapter 19, verse 30. 
When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Turn, turn to someone who says, it is finished. Turn to someone else, it is finished. Precious saints of God, we are right now in our lives in the most potential, the most critical, the most paramount and capital of a Christian life could ever be. God today is starting to maneuver everyone, not manipulate, but maneuver everyone to begin to cross-pollinate to a place where your life will begin to show its purpose. I'm telling you, precious saints of God, that when God says it is finished, even when he was on the cross, it was really the beginning of what we would call today quantum physics. Because when God says through his son Jesus, it is finished, what really was he saying? What was he saying? It is, he didn't say this is finished. That is a, a, a mission that was accomplished. Had a beginning and has an end. He didn't say that. What he said was, it is finished. In other words, in the Greek it's called teleo. Teleo meaning that God, teleo meaning is a way in Greek that means it is paid, accomplished, and done always for all times at any time. In other words, what God was saying through his son Jesus, that whatever you're going through right now, is finished. Our, our thought is, Lord, when, when? No, Lord, thank you because you've already done it. God says, believe the things that are not as though they were. In other words, what God did was he paid the price through the, his, his own blood, Jesus' blood, for then, before then, and after then. In other words, today. Do you know that Jesus paid the price? And I know you know this, but I want you to get the understanding of it. When you're going through something, you have to have the mindset of it is done. You have to begin to walk in such a way that you will know that you have an authority to speak forth even into the winds that it is done. Oh, but you don't know what I'm going through. It don't matter because God has already paid the price. It is finished. You don't understand that my doctor said I have arthritis. You have arthritis because you're hearing what the doctor says, but you're not hearing what God did. God says, Taleo, it is done. It is finished. Somebody please say amen. amen. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 23, God paid a price for you so that you will not be enslaved by the world. In other words, God had already pay, has already paid the price so that you will not be enslaved by the world's dealings and, 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 and offerings. People tell me, Apostle, how can you travel the world? There's times in Nicaragua, I was having a service from, say, started at 5 till about 9 o'clock, and, and that's a long time. Then they take me up, and, and then they, they ship me over to another city, and I start one at 10 till about 1 o'clock in the morning. How can you do that? I didn't because it was finished. God gave me everything I needed for the people that need it. Come on, people. 
You know, there's sometimes, precious saints of God, I wanted to give you that, uh, uh, teleo, say teleo. Yeah. From now on, when someone wants to do a splat on you, say splat. A, a splat is like this. When you go, to, have you ever seen this? You go to a museum of art and you see this, this uh, very ab abstract painting and they're going, oh my God, what I see right, no, what I see right here, I see, it, it's it maybe a black splat with a red splat and maybe some dots over here and three stripes, right? And they're going, you know what I see here? I'm seeing uh, humanity. <laughs> and God's hand through the mess with a blank canvas which is our lives I don't know about you but I see a splat <laughs> that is so abstract see God is not abstract and he's not in the place of splat he's in the place of teleo everything is finished and everything is understood come on people so when someone wants to do a splat on you you gotta say oh teleo when someone wants to say, honey, you've been praying for that thing. It's never going to come. Splat is what's talking to you. You got to say, oh, that's abstract for me because I'm not in the land of abstract. I'm in the land of knowing. I'm in the land of finish. I'm in the place of teleo. The problem we're having, precious saints of God, are you having an ear to hear the Lord? Are you having an ear to hear the Spirit of God? For they who hear the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I was just, in 30 days, I've been to New York three times, across country three times in 30 days. Wow. And one time I was there, and you know, uh, on, on July of 2001, God gave me a, a word to give to, a congreg to the congregation. And I said these words, 2001, July. For the Lord says that the door has been left open in New York City, and uh, the enemy has walked in through the door, and New York City shall suffer horrific devastation, and the Middle East shall be a partaker of it. That was in July, and September 9-11 hit. Come on, people. You know, either we're going to be prophets, or we're going to just shut up. I, I don't want you to tell me how much I look like David. Don't tell me that I'm, you know, Queen Elizabeth. Come on now. Tell me what God has for me. Tell me where my, where, where my donkey's laid up for me. You tell me where my, my ram in my thicket is. Come on, people. I don't need you to know, tell me how much God loves me. I already know that I can read the Word of God. Give me direction. Give me instruction. Give me my tomorrow. Taleo. Come on. Taleo. <clears throat> So pre, pro, for that to tell you this, precious saints, I believe that I've come with teleo. I believe I came to let you know, I don't care what you have in your body, teleo. I don't care what the doctor said, that's called splat to me. When someone wants to talk up and start to gossip and, and speak words that are so ridiculous, you got to look at them and say, that's splat to me. That is so splat to me. It means nothing, does nothing, and it does, doesn't define who I am. What I am is teleo, all that is finished. I'm under the, the quantum physics of God. Quantum physics is above time. Come on, people. Just, just a, a few weeks ago, a gentleman who had cancer on his eyelid all right here. I pray with him. He goes, sits down. And at the end of the service, he says, Apostle, you're going to believe this. Right when I sat there, you looked at me, and the thing just went, just fell, splatted off the ground. No longer had cancer. Why? Because that was splat, and I was teleo. 
Somebody give God praise. Did you all enjoy that? Come on, give God praise. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give God the glory. Great things he has done. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to have to have you back, Apostle Al, to, uh, you know, continue the, uh, the ministry. I, you know, he's supposed to be gone at 1230, but I know him and I know the Lord that works in him. And I know he could not refuse those that came and needed to be prayed for. That's just his heart and his nature. So, Father, thank you for visiting us. Thank you for your presence here today at New Heart. We thank you for Apostle Al, the deposit that he's put on us. And we thank you, Lord God, that we receive what he prophesied to us. The anointing that we have from him, let us carry it forth. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said? Amen. Amen. God bless.